Hello, and welcome to our Stirring the Pot mini-series on the Norquest College podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Whalen, and I'm a business development officer for continuing education here at Norquest. This podcast mini-series will discuss common misconceptions around cannabis, career opportunities in the industry, and insights into where the cannabis industry is headed, not only with respect to the market, but the innovation and technologies that are driving it. The presenters will be discussing topics in cannabis that are relevant to a broad audience who are interested in better understanding the plant, including both community and industry members. Due to the content of this podcast, it is only intended and approved for audiences who are 18 years or older. The podcast will tackle issues in an open manner with an eye on identifying and expanding ideas from all sides of the discussion. The views expressed by the panelists are their own, and Norquest College does not advocate to support any benefit of cannabis use, medicinal or otherwise. Having said that, let's get started. Thank you for joining us to the first of three podcasts in the Stirring the Pot mini-series. Today's episode is called Introducing Mom to Dr. Mary Jane. The goal of this podcast is to add light to an often misunderstood method of healing. We hope to debunk the common misconceptions about cannabis. We will also cover how cannabis is beneficial to your health if used in a safe manner. With me, I'd like to introduce Melissa Schuerman, a patient navigator in medicinal cannabis space. Melissa has a master's in nutritional education from Columbia University and specialized in medicinal cannabis in New York. Also with me, I'd like to introduce my mom, Rose. She is wonderful, kind, and giving mom and is never considered cannabis. She doesn't even drink. She has been through rounds of chronic pain and have kept her from going on vacations. She's just had to cancel a year-round vacation on a cruise ship. She cannot play with her grandchildren and she's not enjoying life right now. Currently, she is waiting for hip and knee replacement. So welcome you both. Thank you very much for coming. Mom, especially, because I know you were very nervous to come here today. Thank you for having us here. Pleasure. It's good to be here. My mom is here to let Melissa introduce her to the world of medicinal cannabis. I'm hoping this interview will provide her with information so she can be armed with more options when making her decision around chronic pain management. Perhaps this will help you as a listener as well. So I just want to make note, this is kind of funny, and I've had other people have this in the past when I was speaking about this podcast and the title, uh, Introducing Mom to Dr. Mary Jane. When I asked my mom to do this, and, uh, you know, last night when we're talking about it, she's like, okay, so who's, who's Dr. Mary Jane? So, you know, not everyone knows that Mary Jane is a different terminology for cannabis and marijuana. So for those of you who don't know, who are green like mom, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and then I just also wanted to uh, ask, ask Melissa, you know, why did you get into this field? What, what brought you into the field of cannabis? It's a great question. Um, for me, it has been kind of a long evolution of many years of both education and my work experience that led me to this. And I am so happy to be in the medical cannabis industry. It feels so rewarding to me um, and something I'm very, very passionate about. Um, for me, I was always interested in natural health, holistic health, herbs, and, and a variety of like healing methodologies. 
And that uh, led me to study nutrition at Columbia in, the U in New York when I was living there. And during that time, I started to hear a lot about CBD and kind of the other compounds in cannabis. And for the first time ever, I really started to like dive into the research and, and look at cannabis. And I was just totally blown away by it's just a huge world of science and chemistry and anything you could possibly be interested in you can find a way to relate it to cannabis. And for me, the real thing that just totally blew my mind was learning about what's called the endocannabinoid system. So we have a whole system in our body of receptors that respond to cannabis, and this is called the endocannabinoid system. They're in our brain, they're in our nervous system, all our major organs, our skin, our heart, our lungs, gut, everything. And this system has very important roles in homeostasis, which means balance, so bringing kind of balance to the body. And um, I studied neuroscience in my undergrad at, at the U of A, and I never learned about the system or even heard about it. And I was just shocked that I could spend all these years studying it and never hear about the system that is so important to our biology. And it's a, part of the reason is we're real. this is a new kind of field. We're just starting to learn about the endocannabinoid system within the last several decades. So we're kind of on the frontiers of that. And for me, that was kind of the turning point when I knew that uh, medical cannabis was the right kind of avenue for me to pursue. So then during my master's um, at Columbia, I did my master's thesis in creating like a curriculum for cannabis education for healthcare practitioners. Um, so kind of a very early um, draft of what I do now. And so many of my colleagues at, at Columbia had never heard of CBD at that time, which in hindsight today, that's all we hear about CBD is everywhere. Pretty much everyone knows about it. But even just a couple of years ago, nobody knew what it was. And that mm. blew me away um, because as health professionals, I felt we had like a real duty to start to kind of correct some of the misconceptions that are out there about cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, it's been vilified for so long. We have heard, all grown up hearing that cannabis is bad and it does all these things to us, when really it's not the case. And once you start to really look into it and, and do your own research, it's, it's, it's amazing what you'll find. Um, so then after I finished my master's, I moved back to Canada and it was kind of perfect timing because that was... Um, at the end of 2017, we were kind of ramping up for full legalization in 2018, and I found myself kind of getting a job into in the medical cannabis space. And for me, it just kind of everything came together, and it was very clear that this was a path that really f suited me and everything I believed in was something I was passionate about. And also, I was just so excited to be... Um, part of it in Canada because we're really leading the world in this space. So we're a global leader in, in cannabis in general, especially in medical cannabis. Um, and we're seeing a lot of other countries kind of fall, you know, now legalizing and following suit. But we really are the innovators in the space. And we have, and as such, as a leader, we have um, a great opportunity and responsibility to really push the industry forward in the best way possible to continue to elevate it. and. Um, and I, and I love being in this field and it's just been really rewarding and excited to continue. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Okay, mom, I know you've created questions for Melissa and you're having anxiety about taking the cannabis oil. We got you for Mother's Day. So fire your questions away. So what can cannabis do for me with my chronic pain in my hip, shoulders and knee? Um, I'm taking Tylenol 3s right now. 
but they're not working for me. And um, what can I be taking while I'm waiting for the surgery? Great question, Rose. So um, once you're registered as a medical cannabis patient and under the care of a healthcare provider, you have the ability to access medical cannabis products. And there are a large variety that you can choose from, everything from CBD-dominant products to THC-dominant products, and that would be determined by your healthcare practitioner. And depending on the products and the ratios of different cannabinoids in those products, um, you can look for benefits for reducing pain, helping with inflammation. Cannabis can be used to help um, also with anxiety and stress, can help to improve sleep, um, as well as other benefits. And all of these together can provide many benefits for patients that are undergoing chronic pain, which often keeps them up at night um, and also adds stress to their life. Um, there's the evidence that's been done to date. There uh, was a report that came out in 2017 by the National Academies of Sciences and Engineering out of the U.S., and they surveyed all the research done to date to see what can we actually say about the effects of medical cannabis. And from looking at all the research, they were able to find conclusive evidence that cannabis products can be beneficial for the treatment of chronic pain. That was one of the uh, strongest evidence uh, for cannabis. And that's something we see often in the clinic as well. Many patients coming in um, to see cannabis for, for treating their chronic pain. As well, there is strong evidence for cannabis to be used as an antiemetic in the treatment of chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting, as well as for improving patient-reported MS spasticity symptoms. There is also moderate evidence for improving short-term sleep outcomes in patients that have difficulty sleeping due to uh, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, and MS. So both the pain and the sleep outcomes together are something we see a lot in patients, and it, cannabis products can definitely provide benefit um, uh, for you if, if, it, if deemed appropriate by your healthcare practitioner. So that does fit with mom's chronic pain, and I'm glad that you spoke about it helping with sleep, Melissa, because she is terrible at sleep and this new pain that she's uh, recently had is making it worse. Uh, I like the idea of alternative treatment to continuing use of pain medication, but I don't like the idea of getting high. Is there a way around this? Absolutely. So when we look at cannabis, there's actually over a hundred different compounds in the plant. It's rich in what we call phytochemicals. So cannabinoids, terpenes, which are the fragrant components of cannabis that uh, give it its smell, um, as well as flavonoids. And so there's a wide variety of compounds in cannabis. And we know a little bit about them currently, but we have a lot more to learn as we continue to do research. The two most prominent, what we call cannabinoids, those are the, the active compounds in cannabis. So the two most prominent cannabinoids are THC and CBD. Um, when we think of cannabis and we think of the high associated with it, we're thinking of THC. So THC is responsible uh, for the intoxicating qualities or the euphoric qualities of cannabis, but it also has great um, properties that help with pain relief, uh, inflammation, it helps with nausea, uh, helping with sleep, reducing muscle spasms, and stimulating the appetite. So that's THC. Then we can look at CBD. So CBD is the non-intoxicating component of cannabis. So it's not going to make you high. It's not going to impair you. Um, you're not going to necessarily feel the same cognitive effects that you would feel with THC. So this is a great option for many patients 
who don't want to feel that high feeling. Uh, and CBD has a lot of great beneficial qualities in the body. It's an anti-inflammatory, it's great for pain, and it's really good for anxiety. So many people take it to help with their stress, help them improve their mood, um, improve focus. Um, so all of these things together make CBD a great option. And then so those two components, THC and CBD, uh, you can get a wide variety of products that contain them in various ratios. So CBD dominant products, THC dominant products, or uh, a ratio of both of those. And uh, depending on what's well suited for you, those um, products, and especially CBD products, can give you the relief, can help with pain and inflammation without giving you the high. So correct me if I'm wrong, Melissa, but if you go the medicinal route, you can get more access to the CBD-only products. And I'm thinking that this is probably the better option for my mom because uh, she doesn't like the high. She doesn't even drink. Mm -hmm. All of that sounds great, and I'm interested in reducing my pain but I can't get over the stigma of smoking cannabis in public. Not to mention I don't think I can handle the smoke. Are there any other ways I can take cannabis? Absolutely, there are other ways. And actually, that's something um, I get asked a lot by patients. And, off, and quite honestly, most patients don't want to smoke anymore. Um, because a lot of the patients we're seeing coming into the clinics or seeking medical cannabis are we're seeing older patients um, coming in, so 50 and up. We are seeing patients who have no prior cannabis um, experience, so they're brand new to it and seeking an, an alternative um, treatment. And for that reason, many people are not interested in smoking, and that's also associated kind of with this, the public stigma we have around smoking. So in that case, there are many other alternatives available to you. The number one would probably be oils. So those are ingestible oils that go under the tongue. Um, so you take a predetermined amount under the tongue, and then it's absorbed into the body. And so through the oral ingestion of cannabis, you get actually longer lasting effects up to six to eight hours versus cannabis smoking or vaporizing would give you much shorter effects, about one to three hours. So for that reason, oils are a really good option for many patients. There's also capsules that are available and soft gels, which are basically just the same oil you would take under your tongue in a capsule form and you swallow that. So that's a very easy um, alternative for many patients. Those capsules and soft gels come in predetermined doses, so it's a standardized dose. You know, you'll know exactly what you're going to get. has reliable effects, and, and so that's a very easy, discreet alternative. Uh, as well, there are oral sprays. So these are similar to the ingestible oils, um, except they're in a little spray bottle, and they're formulated to be a little faster acting. So you spray them into your mouth, and then within about an hour or so, the effects would uh, start to work. And then as well, um, instead of smoking, we would recommend vaporizing. So uh, vapor, there's many vaporizers now on the market, and vaporizing does not combust the plant material. So nothing gets burnt, there's no smoke, there's no flame. It heats it to a much, much lower temperature in the range of about 180 to 200 degrees Celsius which is much uh, less than if you were to light something on fire. And the benefits of vaporizing are that um, you have fast acting effects. So within about an hour to, uh, or sorry, within a few minutes, you'll have the effects, but it will last about one to three hours. Um, but much less smoke than uh, if you were to actually smoke it, much less smell, more discreet, and much more of a uh, medicinal vapor. 
Uh, so it's a lot lighter. And, and that's a good option for many patients who would like to have an inhaled method um, of consumption, but not to smoke. And then as well, we're going to have some new products coming out at, at the end of the year. There's three new subclasses of cannabis that will be approved by Health Canada. And those are topicals, edibles, and extracts. So by the end of the year or early next year, we'll likely see uh, new patient-friendly delivery methods come onto the market. So things like creams and lotions, um, and, and the options are really endless in terms of the, the new product formulation. So that definitely that's something to look forward to as well as we continue on in the year. Yeah, and I just like to add, you know, as as we're going forward in this new era of legalized cannabis, we're getting more into research, right? Absolutely. And so with research, they'll come to light, you know, the benefits and it, the stigma will, will in public, I feel, reduce as that goes. Absolutely. And it's going to become even uh, easier for us to do research now that cannabis is legal. So for a long time, cannabis was illegal and it was very difficult to do research studies. And there's a, there was a lot of barriers. So now, kind of for the first time, uh, cannabis is legal here in Canada. We have access to it. Researchers have access to it. And Many research studies and clinical trials are underway, uh, which is really exciting because often what we'll hear from doctors is that they'll say there's not enough research to support uh, the use of medical cannabis. So with these new research studies being done, it's going to give us the data we need to confidently recommend it. And, and really to learn more about it, cannabis is um, a plant that's rich in many compounds and we, we have a lot to learn. Um, so the more research we can do, uh, it's going to benefit patients, consumers, and doctors, everyone. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot in the safety area. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Well, so speaking of safety, um, so yeah, can, can I become addicted now? So with can, I, that's a great question we hear a lot. And actually one of the reasons many patients seek out cannabis is its safety safety profile. So it's cannabis is considered very safe to use. It has a long history of use by many cultures throughout the world, um, throughout history. And here in Canada, we've had medical cannabis since 2001. So we have a long history in here in Canada as well that has developed over the last 18 years or so. Um, in terms of cannabis safety, uh, cannabis has very minor, there are some side effects and they're pretty minor and that would be assessed um, and discussed with you by your healthcare practitioner. Um, and as well, one thing to keep in, no in mind, there are no reported deaths from cannabis alone, so uh, no reported fatalities. So you can't die from a cannabis overdose. Um, if you took too much, perhaps you could have some distressing, you could have some distressing symptoms. Um, but it's considered very safe compared to other substances. In terms of addiction rates, uh, cannabis, like any substance, can be abused, absolutely. Um, so it's important to be used mindfully and under the care of your healthcare practitioner if you're accessing medical cannabis. Uh, cannabis addiction rates are lower than other substances, so lower than alcohol, opioids, nicotine, and caffeine. Um, and we see more instances of cannabis addiction um, amongst um, people who use high THC products very frequently. Also, there's an increased risk um, the earlier you kind of start using cannabis, so around youth. Um, so that's why in Canada, there's a lot of regulations around preventing youth and children, um, preventing their access to cannabis products, and that's absolutely very important. So Melissa, can my mom get high from secondhand smoke? 
So there, it would be kind of in very extreme conditions. I think there was some research done that showed in an unventilated condition where somebody was accessed to, or uh, somebody was influenced by very high quantities of THC smoke. There was detectable levels of THC in the blood and urine. Um, but this isn't really a realistic situation for most people, and it would be unlikely um, that you would have any kind of contact high. Um, that can be avoided completely by using non-inhaled methods of cannabis. So if you're, um, you or somebody in your family or friends is using medical cannabis, by using products such as the ingestible oils we talked about, capsules, soft gels, oral sprays, topicals, all of those products would have, there would be no risk of any kind of, there's no smoke, so there wouldn't be any secondhand smoke. So that's some, those are the kind of products we recommend most often for patients to eliminate any kind of hazard for secondhand smoke. Mm -hmm. um, also, vaporizers would be, produce far less um, vapor or smoke than smoking. So that would be a better option as well. Yeah. And for the, for the high, if you're taking THC in the oil or what have you, um, I always hear that slogan, um, take slow, or what, what is the slogan? Go, uh, go, uh, take low, go slow. Start low, go slow. Start low, go slow, yes. which is always Absolutely. Um, very easy to remember. <laughs> well, that's something we use with our patients um, because anytime you're using a cannabis product, uh, every person responds differently to it. So we always start very low and quite minute amounts and gradually work up over time until we find the amount that's right for you. And that's just a basic kind of philosophy with any cannabis product, um, just um, in terms of to to always be safe and comfortable. That's a good point, Melissa. And I've heard that the ingestible cannabis takes longer to take effect than the inhaled cannabis. Mm -hmm. So good to keep that in mind for going forward. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to do to obtain the right cannabis for me? So there's a few different ways to obtain um, medical cannabis. So your first step would probably be to talk to your doctor and ask them um, if medical cannabis is an option for you and if they're willing to prescribe it or to authorize it. Um, it depends on your doctor. Some do, some don't uh, for various reasons. Um, if your doctor does not want to authorize you for medical cannabis, you could ask to be referred by your doctor to a cannabis clinic. So there's a number of cannabis clinics um, available that have their own healthcare practitioners on site and they are fully equipped to be able to assess you for medical cannabis and they also have educators on site that can help you choose the right products for you. Um, you could also seek out uh, cannabis clinics that accept self-referral if your doctor wasn't willing to um, refer you to them. And, and once you find, once you're able to um, meet with a healthcare practitioner that can authorize you for medical cannabis, they're going to take a look at your whole health history, make sure you're a good candidate, make sure there's no contraindications, and they will write what's called a medical document. So it's, it's like a prescription, it's not a prescription, um, but basically that document authorizes you for a certain amount of cannabis for a, for a period of time, let's say three months. And, and that medical document is then sent to what's called a licensed producer. So the licensed producers are the companies authorized by Health Canada to produce cannabis. So you sign up directly with them. You register with the licensed producer, and that is who you order your product from. So it's definitely very different than other um, medications um, in the fact that you order right from the producer, and it's mailed to your home, so it comes to you. 
And so the patient is responsible for ordering. They, um, based on their, their authorization, can choose from a variety of products, whether that's the oils, the capsules, dried flour, the oral sprays, whatever is deemed um, kind of a right fit for the patient. And then you order your products either online or over the phone, and they get mailed right to you. And, and that's kind of how it works. Is there another? Is there another way? Like, is there? Do the pharmacies? Are is there options with the pharmacies yet? Um, the pharmacies not. There's not currently not the typical pharmacies. Mm -hmm. There's one large pharmacy that is offering it um, through, uh, but it's it would still all be online. Okay. Uh, in terms of their education, so there's nothing like on site. Okay. Many patients actually think like they'll think that once they have the prescription, they can go pick it up here in the city, just go to a, a recreational store and give them their authorization. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't work like that. They're kind of two separate systems. And in fact, you probably wouldn't find necessarily what you are looking for at the recreational store. So things like high CBD products, mm -hmm. CBD oils aren't really readily available recreationally. Um, so pretty much it all goes through the mail, which actually works out well for the patients, comes right to you. Um, and you, then you can know that you have like consistent access to the products you're looking for. You're not just showing up at a store and hoping they have what you need. You can order directly from the company that produces it. So once I'm registered and everything, we go through the, that process, am I covered through my health insurance for Great the question. Project? You may be. And your first step would be to call your insurance company and find out because it's uh, very plan dependent. So there are some insurance companies that have started to provide medical cannabis coverage, um, but it's not all plans across the board. So you'd have to check with your specific plan. And then you'd have, and it also it depends on what condition it would be for. So usually some of the large um, insurance companies may provide coverage, but it'll just be for certain conditions. So you'd want to check with your, your plan to see if that's an option for you. Um, if not, if you have a, a healthcare spending account, you can use though um, medical cannabis is considered um, an applicable um, expense for that. So you can use healthcare spending dollars towards uh, medical cannabis. You can also, in terms of other discount programs, there are compassionate pricing programs. So for patients, for low-income patients, patients receiving government support, they can get quite a substantial, um, up to about 30% or so, discount um, from various licensed producers. So that really helps offset the cost for patients. Um, as well, there's veterans cover coverage through Veterans Affairs. There's some seniors discounts as well. And then the other thing is you can claim it on your uh, income tax as a medical expense. So medical cannabis is an out-of-pocket expense, so that is kind of a barrier for some patients, but there are some programs to kind of help um, make it more readily accessible. But there's also a lot still we need to do, and hopefully in the future we'll have more insurance coverage for patients. Hmm. Good. Great. Well, I think that this discussion was very helpful for my understanding. I believe my mom's, and I hope yours as well, in what medicinal cannabis can do for you. Um, Melissa and I will be presenting this work more to the health community in areas of continuing care for healthcare staff and to understand how residents can safely administrate uh, medicinal cannabis. Stay tuned for our next two podcasts, the first being Burning the Grass Ceiling, a look at women in the industry of cannabis, and Cannabis 2025, a look at what the future may look like as we are at the forefront of a new industry, 
with new possibilities for economic and quality of life growth in our future. We hope these podcasts will help you to grow a better understanding of the potential opportunities to reduce the stigma around cannabis. Stay tuned as well for the new course at Norquest College called Cannabis Trimming and Production, which will create new pathways to employment for learners who are looking to start a great career in this new industry of cannabis. So I'd like to thank my guests once again, Melissa and Rose, my mom, and thank you once again for listening to our podcast, Introducing Mom to Dr. Mary Jane. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.